Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Drive-In Podcast Network. If you saw last week, we announced with them that we are joining them. It is a growing and new network we are super excited to be part of. They've got great other podcasts such as the Film Optics, Commentary by Me, the Music Drive-In Podcast. Uh, They've also got the Debbie Delight, which I have been on. We've had a couple of their hosts on here. Excited to be part of this great, growing network. It's going to be a ton of fun, pop culture Music, movies, everything here. We are not just a sports podcast network. It's going to be fun to be a part of them. We are also proud to be sponsors on the Scott Fishbowl Podathon that is going on this Sunday. We will be sponsoring an hour with the likes of FF Tony. You've got Ray Garvin of Destination Devi. Any given pod. We've also got the Hot Take Podcast. Um, with at Willie Beeman DFF, the Professor ST3 of, uh, oh, that's still the Hot Take Pod. I mean, we, we've got a great group here that we are sponsoring. Make sure to check them out. They go live Sunday morning all the way through Monday, right leading up to the kickoff of the Scott Fish Bowl, which is one of the greatest events in fantasy football history. Really cool. Me, Dennis, and Matt are all a part of it. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about our drafts next week, uh, as is Tony. So maybe on Thursday when all four of us are together, we'll talk a little bit of how our drafts are going. But it's a great thing. Definitely check them out. We are glad, and I'm thrilled to be sponsoring uh, that group right there for the Scott Fishbowl. Again, Scott Fishbowl Podathon. You can find them everywhere. They'll be retweeted and going on everywhere on uh, Sunday all the way through Monday. Dennis and Matt are joining me today. We're going to be talking about our 2020 running back rankings. We're going to start with 40 and go through 20. Hello! We are live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, Oh, I'm going to work on this. It's been a beautiful day. I'm just continually messing things up. So how are you two doing today? I'm doing great. Went and painted my mom's porch, so I, I I got some good sun points banked up for for the next little bit. You know, the the wife is out in the pool um, that I let her buy uh, with her money. So I didn't let her buy it, but uh, she's out there in the pool having some fun and relaxing. Um, so I got some wife points. So now here we are. Very nice. Very nice. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I was, you know, I'm usually off on Fridays now, so kind of off hanging out uh, for reasons surpassing understanding. I woke up at 5.30 and decided it was time to write, so I've been been doing that. I took a little power nap, uh, 
now just trying to hang out and stay cool this weekend. We're supposed to get some storms, which will hopefully knock it down, because by the middle of next week, they're saying it's going to be 97 here. And for somebody who doesn't have air conditioning in their house, um, that was not a prospect that left me feeling joy on the inside. Wow. So Matt's coming to us from the 1950s? <laughs> well, you know, half of Colorado Springs uh, houses in the in the older areas don't have, uh, you know, yeah. do, weren't built with um, central air. And when we first moved here, they were like, well, you know, it only is hot for like two weeks out of the year and you don't really need it. That has not been my experience the last few summers, and this one has just been brutal. We started having 90 degree days in May, so I hope I'm still with you by the time football returns. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, Matt was so despondent, he just he froze right up. Yeah. It's usually me that does the freezing. It was the thought of, of me having to sit here being hot. Well, we could take this moment at the beginning while we're waiting for Matt to come back and let people know if you want a shot at being in our redraft uh, listener league, uh, you can send me a DM on Twitter at Nighthawk7734 with your guess of how many hot dogs America's son, Joey Chestnut, will be putting down tomorrow on the 4th of July as the most important patriotic event in our country's history returns, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yeah, Joey's, uh, uh, pun intended, quite the animal. I know. My wife doesn't understand my fascination, but I watch it every year. This year's going to be a little weird. No crowd, and I guess they're not going to be out on, uh, you know, the, the, board the boardwalk out there. They're going to be, like... In some gym somewhere. I'm not sure. As my wife pointed out, how does that make it better? Wouldn't they be more protected <laughs> from the virus if they were out uh, outside? Which that tracks for me, but we'll see. All right. Let's see if we can figure this out now. Because my goodness, this has just been fun. I get my computer back and I have, I'm just having all kinds of issues today. And this is not making me happy. I assume you guys can still see me. Yes? No, no issues there? Yeah. Okay, there we go. I was trying to ban other Matt Bruning and the share screen here from the studio for a minute. So we're going to talk running backs here eventually once I can get this to work. Uh, it's just been a, a wonderful start to all this stuff. So, yes, what I was saying, I don't know when I cut out, is this the same with my parents. They have individual uh, air-conditioned units at their house, which I will be up there in just a couple weeks. So I am yep. – not really looking forward to going from 100 plus degrees to just 97 degrees. Was hoping for a little bit better weather uh, going up to Colorado. Hopefully it'll uh, it'll drop down. If we get into the monsoon flow here, you know, it gets to be like mid to upper 80s in the afternoon. Then the thunderstorm sweeps over, drops 20 minutes of rain, and you, all of a sudden you're in the 60s and it's glorious. That is what I'm looking forward to. At least I'm hoping when I'm up there. So... We got our running back ranks up here on the board today. We are going to talk about ranks 36 through 20 if we have time. If not, we'll at least go through to 36 through 24. We've got our uh, bottom 
four guys on here for all of us, 37 through 40. Guys that we just, at least for me, I couldn't leave them off the rankings. It was so hard, but I just I couldn't find a way to move them up. But I didn't want to leave them off because I think all these guys are so close for me. So it's J.K. Dobbins, James White, Tevin Coleman, and Darrell Henderson. Uh, I think all four, obviously, can, can do a lot for fantasy this year. I actually thought... I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on this. I feel like the running back position is deeper than I thought it was going to be when I was going through the ranks. We we always talk about how there's those elite guys at the top, but a lot of the guys after that I thought were really kind of all grouped in the same tier. So what are your guys' thoughts on the running backs? And then talk about the four guys you have there through 37 through 40. Yeah, I think there it ends up being you have an, a long stretch from maybe 14 through about 35 that on a week to week basis could have a pretty wide range of outcomes. You know, they could completely flip an order uh, just about on any given week. Uh, you know, that was where I was like, I have JK Dobbins at 40, but it wouldn't surprise me if he takes over that job halfway through the season and puts up a great half a season and finishes as RB 22. Uh, Sony Michelle, you know, when we got to when I got to looking down, one of the considerations uh, I had was, does Cam vulture some touchdowns from him? We know Sony's not going to catch passes. They, for somebody who was the passing uh, pass receiving back in college, they just, you know, they're they're grinding him. He's a two down grinder, and that's what they're using him for. But. Some a lot of his production w- was slated to come from touchdowns, and if Cam takes four or six touchdowns from him, you know all of a sudden he drops way down. Howard, you know, Howard and Breda, they had to me they had to be close. I don't know what's coming, what's gonna. They have defined roles, but how good is that Miami offense really going to be? How quickly is it going to take a step up? And it's the same thing with Damian Williams. Uh, I do have Swift in, inside my top 36, but uh, you know Damian Williams isn't just gonna go away. You know, same with Carryon Johnson and Marlon Mack, all guys that I have a little bit lower outside of this top 40. But uh, it's it's uh, those guys aren't just gonna stop competing. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of where I'm at with running backs too. I think one of the reasons it probably feels deeper and a little bit tougher is. With the offseason we've had, you don't entirely know what to expect of these rookie running backs, most of whom we like but came into potential share situations. What is the split going to be, especially early in the season? And I think the thing we don't like to think about and you can't forecast for but seems to be a reality is uh, the potential for injuries, especially you know running backs in particular. You get like a, a nicked-up ankle or a hamstring or a quad or something that can have a real detriment on what you're able to do. And we don't even know, you know, we may not even know going into the regular season what it looks like. The NFL already announced they're cutting down to two preseason games. The NFL Players Association came out today and said they'd prefer zero uh, preseason games, just go right into the season. Uh, There's just so many more unknowns, and we haven't gotten to watch these guys play and work out. We don't know what group workouts they're doing on on the side so um you know that's probably true especially of my my last four uh tevin coleman duke johnson uh, dobbins and michelle i mean you could see those guys vault up it really depends on what their what their teams 
do. Those are all guys that have other guys they're potentially competing with, or in the case of Michelle, we don't even know what the Patriots' offense is going to be. You know, is it going to look like it did before? Who's to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit higher on him uh, than you two are. I do think having Cam there is going to help him a little bit. Uh, I still think that he's going to get a, a lot more rushing yards. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, I guess for me, we, we flip-flopped. I have James White a little bit lower. You guys have him both higher, and then I have Sony Michelle, obviously. So we just kind of flip-flopped, on, I guess, on our thought process. I don't think uh, James White is going to be quite as used the way Christian McCaffrey was. Uh, there in Carolina with uh, with the Turners, and I think it's going to be more of a Sony Michelle. I think having Cam is actually going to help him some because those uh, defenses can't necessarily key in on Sony. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they kind of don't have Cam running in every time. Though I am, I won't lie, a little bit worried about that with Cam, you know, vulturing some touchdowns from Sony Michelle. But let's kick it off with thirty six. Uh, I've got Ronald Jones. I just think him and Keyshawn are going to hurt each other a little bit. I, I love both of them. I love Jones and Keyshawn. Anybody who's been listening, obviously, for a while knows that I've been talking to both of them as much as I can. But I, I honestly think with Arians and the way he's going to want to throw the ball, uh, I'm sure Brady's going to want to run some. But I just think with Ronald Jones, Keyshawn, they're, they're going to limit how much they run. Both of them, I think, are going to cannibalize each other in the receiving game as well. So in the end, I think both of them are going to be pretty low. I, I don't have either one of them very high, and it hurt my heart very much to put those guys as low as I did. You, but you, I, you I banged the drum to... for Ronald Jones all off season, and it turns out you're lower than either of the rest of us. I know it was. I kept trying to find somewhere to move him up, and I just I couldn't. I was like, I I, I can't. Like this is just where he's going to be for me. So ha- hashtag analysis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Matt, we'll let you go next. Uh, Latavius Murray with the Saints. Yeah, I have Latavius here. Obviously, um, you know, we've seen in that Saints uh, system, uh, if Kamara gets dinged up and misses time, Murray has some really explosive games, but he's actually had value on his own. They use him to mix it in as a runner and a receiver. Um, he actually had a pretty good season last year. Uh, so low end RB three feels like the right spot with some potential upside. You know, I, I like Murray. Uh, I don't have, he didn't make my top 40. Um, I, I just feel like this year is uh, going to be a big Kamara year and, and Murray is going to be much more of a complimentary piece as opposed to a one B uh, kind of back. So it's, and that game is built, you know, that team, their offense is built around throwing the ball. So while I like Murray, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't find anybody to move down to get him in there. Uh, for my 36, I went with Matt Breida down in Miami. You know, I touched on uh, Jordan Howard at 38. I, I feel like that's going to be a pretty even split between those two guys. And, you know, I could easily see it flip-flopping the other way if the Dolphins end up moving the ball well. And, it, you know, if Jordan Howard scored 12 touchdowns this year, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. But I feel like Breda is uh, a competent runner and a really good pass catcher, and it wouldn't surprise me if Breda caught 60 or 70 passes this year. Yeah, I think for me the the – Drawback for him has always been, can he stay on the field long enough? Because I always loved him when he was with the 49ers, too, and you'd have a couple of great games and then questionable kind of cycled out. It's hard to tell with Miami. Nothing really would surprise me there. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit higher on him just because of what you were just mentioning there with uh, with Breed. I've got him. I, I have him and Howard close to like Ro- Jones, Keyshawn, a, a bunch of these guys actually that are splitting backfields. I don't have much separating them, uh, surprisingly enough. So let's check out our next couple guys. We'll let Dennis go first. So uh, that didn't work at all as well as I wanted to. My goodness, <laughs> man, I just messed this all up. This is ridiculous. All right, well, everybody's going to see. Quite, that was tomorrow. quite a jump. That was quite a jump. Uh, Oh, this is so messed up. I'm just gonna go all the way down. We're we're just we're we're rolling with it. I don't even care anymore. So Dennis at 35. And good thing 30. you had the day off work so you could rest. Oh, good night. This has been ridiculous. This is just embarrassing. One of these days I'm gonna get this right. All right, well, so let's just focus in on. Uh, so you've got uh, on at 35. On. Yeah. You know, and uh, as you can see by my rankings, there I've got Ronald Jones at 32. So again, it's a it's another one of those split backfields that I think is going to be split pretty evenly. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me either way if one of them took charge of that backfield and put up 65 70% of the touches. But going into the season, uh, I, I feel like it'll be a, a 60-40 split to start out with Jones getting the majority of the touches and then – by the end of the season, I'm not going to be surprised one bit if it's the other way around, uh, just because I think, you know, I'm not that I'm super sold on Vaughn, but I'm definitely not sold on Jones long-term. I think this is the year that Jones has to prove himself. If he can come in and uh, block, run efficiently, see the hole, and, and uh, maybe take charge of that offense, uh, you know, it could be the season that propels him to to two or three years worth of uh, top level fantasy relevance, uh, but I'm not rolling my dice on it just yet. So yeah, Jones at 32 and Vaughn at 35. Yep. Who who'd you have in between? Um, I I had Darius Geis at 34 and Tariq Cohen at 33. I I just don't know how to. I don't know what I what I want to do with that Washington backfield. I'm trying not to play what if scenarios with injuries, but it's hard not to with Darius Geis and his first couple seasons uh, uh, of injury woes. That and it seemed like, you know, Washington did with running backs what Chicago did with tight ends. If there was one out there floating around, they signed him. I know that was. You know, I was working on for uh, the Fantasy Life blog, the preview for Washington. I feel like that was the approach that they took with all three skill positions. Like, if we collect enough guys, we'll find two that can play. But, I mean, you're looking at their their, their backfield. You want to like Geis and Antonio Gibson, but, you know, Bryce Love is there. We still don't know what, you know, what can he do. Peterson... Peyton Barber, J.D. McKissick. There's somebody. There's somebody else I'm forgetting too. When I was looking at their roster, you figure they're not all gonna make it, and the injuries will probably play a factor there. But so I think for mine, I was almost the same uh, way that you you are with uh, Tampa Bay with me with the Rams. Um, you know, I have Acres in at uh, thirty. Five from yeah, thirty-five reading the chart, and then I'm pretty sure I have Darrell Henderson up at 
32. Um, so it's kind of the same way that you have the Buccaneers backs in there. I have the Rams backs in there. I feel like there's going to be uh, some kind of a split. Um, and I still want to believe in Henderson, I guess. And then in between, you and I had Tariq Cohen in the same place at 33, but then I have Jordan Howard. When I was looking at Miami, it seemed like, you know, what they were missing and what they might be trying to do is kind of have that grinding running back. If you remember Miami last year, their leading rusher was Ryan Fitzpatrick with 243 yards, four TDs. So they didn't really have much in the way of a running back. I thought it was a decent fit for Jordan Howard to kind of pound out there because with I, you know, if Fitzmagic starts the season, which seems kind of likely and plays quite a bit, he seems to like to go downfield more with passing than dumping off to running backs. Yeah, so that's why I have uh, Breida there. I'll be interested to see if Fitz dumps off to him. I still like him. I think is a really good runner. That's why I have him at 35. Um, as you guys can see, I've got Vaughn at 34. Kind of agree with everything Dennis was just saying. Um, and then I, I really don't have Howard much higher, which you have there. Did, uh, did you touch on Cam Akers at all there, Matt, with him being 35 for you? Yeah, I just talked about the the Rams split with him and Henderson, who Henderson. I have uh, kind of – I have a couple slots ahead. Yeah, do you have Henderson on yours, Dennis? I didn't no, he, he he's down at 46. I, I, I feel like Henderson is going to have a couple pop games and he's going to have uh, – he's going to be the, the change of pace guy. Uh, Malcolm Brett with Malcolm Brown there, who is you know old reliable, for lack of a better term. I think it's Acres backfield. Um, so I I see it as like a I don't know a fifty five thirty five twenty kind of backfield. Okay, yeah, I think I'm more sixty forty. So I, I don't have Acres much higher than Matt does. Uh, Henderson, I put in my forty just because I think he can get a little bit more fantasy relevance here. So I've, I'm a little bit higher on him, obviously, um, than uh, Dennis is, and Matt is the highest on him over all of us. So that's where I have Cam Akers there at 33. Jordan Howard, so as I said, not much difference between him and Matt Breida for me. I think he's going to get a couple more touchdowns uh, over over Matt Breida, but I think Breida is going to bring in those receptions and rushing yards, which is what is going to keep him still very fantasy relevant. Acres, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Matt. I, I think it's going to be more of a split backfield. I still agree with Dennis that it's Acres' backfield, even though Henderson's been there longer. I think Acres just the more talented running back. But as we talked about on the last show when we did the Rams breakdown, Henderson was still a third round pick, so he's got some some decent draft value with him. Uh, and so I don't think he's just going to go away. I do think, obviously, he did not have a good rookie season. Some of that is uh, they've said the Rams playbook is very complicated. I don't think he really had a complicated playbook in, in college. It's probably a little bit of learning all of that and everything. But coming in second year into the system, he knows a lot. I don't think he's going to take over the role, but he's going to be very prominent. So that's that's where I, why I have Henderson on there. Uh, but agree with everything you guys said on Howard and Akers. So, Matt, you've got Darrell Henderson, Tariq Cohen. I know you touched on both of them just a minute ago, but any more thoughts on those two? No, I think I covered it. You, uh, you might have missed Dennis and I actually did our 32 through 35 in a block. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was in the middle of trying to fix all of my mistakes. So I guess we can just go up one more then. All right. I apologize about that. So there we go. Mark Ingram and Darius guys for me. So do you guys get to, I didn't hear you say anything about Clyde Edwards. Hilarious. So is that where we want to pick back up to me not being behind anymore? Yeah. I mean, first of all, why do you guys hate Ronald Jones? Because 
Oh. You, see it, you see him up there. I guess you can I only say like hi. You, you I mean, Dennis me. is like you only tricked, one spot below you. You tricked me into this. I feel like this has happened. I love <laughs> Ronald Jones. I told you. He's going he's gonna to be phenomenal running back for another team. I don't think he's going to be with Tampa Bay much longer. But, I, you know, I just – I think – I love Keyshawn Vaughn, and I think he's a better pass catcher than Ronald Jones. And for that, I think well, he's going to be on the field. I think a little everybody, bit more. everybody thinks that. I knew my, that was coming. My hesitation is just with with this offseason being kind of chunked, and the more that they're eradicating actual game reps and snaps. I mean, if you looked at the players' association, what they are asking for from training camp, it's like three days medical tests, and then three weeks they call acclimation where it kind of talks about running, you know, drills and stretching and then a couple of weeks of practices, some in pads, and then we're going to start the season. It makes me nervous for these rookies, you know, getting on there. One of the biggest things that always seems too is for a lot of rookies trying to uh, pick up their assignments in, in pass, passing game. And all it takes is for your important veteran quarterback to get laid out once because the dude missed an assignment for him to uh, not get back in there until he shows you he's significantly improved. I remember uh, when I was watching Denver a few years ago, Manning got laid out. He actually went over to the sideline clutching Monty Ball and pushed him to the sideline and pointed to the running back he wanted to come in like you can't give me this guy he sucks and i you know it's not on the the rookies but that's where i'm a little more hesitant like i like clyde edwards lair and i think he has um some talent and opportunity in that system dennis is right damian williams isn't going away and it wouldn't surprise me if some of these rookies don't really start to come into their own until late october and november in which case it kind of caps where they can have a seasonal finish so that's that's more where where I went with looking at these. Yeah, yeah, you are much lower than me and Dennis on Edwards Hilaire. And I thought I had I hated Edwards Hilaire. Like whenever we talked I mean, about, I don't C- hate him. I just the Chiefs well, also true. are a team that could win without running much at all. I mean, if you look at some of those rushing totals for some of their backs last year, if you took out the touchdowns that they got on either a pass or or a rush. You know, you're talking about even Williams when he was going off sometimes had 46 yards rushing. He just had four touchdowns. So I'll give my thoughts on on Darius guys really quick. Although you do you have? I assume you have him ranked, Matt. I do not. Oh, okay, interesting. I don't so have you, a single Washington running Washington back in my top 40. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. The only reason I ranked him at 30 is because I'm worried about the injuries. I think if he stays healthy, I know that they've got the a million running backs on their roster, but he's by far the best one. I don't think AP necessarily goes away, but I don't think he gets nearly the workload he has the past couple of years. If guy stays healthy, he's going to blow the 30 ranking out of the water, but I just I can't trust the health. So if I had to rank him, I'm going I'm to put him there for now because I think he's it's almost inevitable he misses games, which sucks because he's a very talented player. Uh, Dennis, you had James White and Cam Akers there at 30 and 31. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on them, or do you want to keep on moving? No, I'm good. Uh, I, I Like I said, I, I think my math was a little faulty when we were talking about uh, uh, Daryl Henderson. I think it's more of a 65-25-20 or 65-25-10 uh, mix there for, for the Chargers' backfield. 
I, I think Akers' talent is going to win out over Henderson, but I think Henderson will be the change of pace guy. Um, and then James White is going to—he's going to be the the receiving back there, and he's in line for a hundred touches or a hundred uh, targets. I'm probably a little low on him. Uh, see, where did he finish last year? He finishes at, at 18 last year. Yeah. Um, and I'm projecting him to be roughly the same amount of targets. So I'm, I'm probably off on that. But it could be, you know, I, I feel like with Cam Newton at quarterback and Nikhil Harry, Mohamed Sanu, Julian Edelman, he could, he could see, you know, as, as I talk this through, it wouldn't surprise me if he dropped down to you know 70 targets, mm-hmm. but it's Belichick being the wild card that he is, you know, we're, we're just throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks when we're trying to rank the Patriots. I feel well, like it's for- that way every year with, uh, with James yeah. White, you know, it's like, he's not, you know, it's, it's almost the way with a lot of the Patriots players, even like Edelman, you're looking at him on a board and you're not super excited about him. And you look at the end of the year and he was like a mid to upper tier RB2. I mean, 2018, I'm pretty sure he was an RB1. Yeah, he it's had just, that phenomenal year. That was the year that he, he broke out. Up there. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I want to ask you guys one thing on, on the Patriots running backs, because I almost put him at 40, but I didn't. What do we think about Damian Harris? Because last year coming in, a lot of people thought he was going. He was a really good running back coming in. There was a lot of talk this offseason with as bad as Sony Michelle was that maybe Harris takes a step forward and starts stealing some carries. Do we think Cam Newton coming in and knowing what he can do in the rushing game has kind of killed Harris's value? What are your guys' thoughts on him real quick before we move on to 29-28? It's, it's certainly within the range of outcomes for, for Harris. I, I'm going to... I guess hedge my bet that the first round pick in Sony Michelle and the the comfortable guy that's been there in James White, it'd be I, I think it'd be different if James White was out there and making noise and causing trouble. I want more money. I deserve more money, uh, but he's not. James White has said, "Hey, I, I I've got a limited window with a winning organization." And I'm going to get as much as I can out of it. And I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability. Uh, I, I think White has a pretty good grip on what his role is. He doesn't look around the league and go, well, if I went over to that team, they'd give me 20, 20 carries a game because I, he recognizes that in the NFL, that's not his game. So I, I like White. I just think that he's going to be up. He, he he's going to be the lead back based on targets. Harris I, Harris still has to. It. I think it comes down to Sony being injured, and and I, you know, I tried to do my rankings based on. Well, I'm not going to put this person here uh, or there because of, you know, I'm not going to move this person up because the guy ahead of him might get injured. Because any of them might get injured, it's a it's a rough sport, yeah. And and so you, you can't. It, I, I don't think you can really rank that way. Um, so I think Harris is a quality back, and he'll make the most of his opportunities. And so it'll just it, it comes down to 
when he gets in there, does he show himself to be as reliable as Michelle and more dynamic than Michelle? And if he does, then I think he might get more of an opportunity. I mean, we forget, too, the Patriots still have Rex Burkhead, who, you know, for as much as we'd like not to think about him, that dude comes in, gets, like, grinder carries, gets pass receptions. I don't know. It's not all of our guys having room so low. Yeah, I just put it on there, so I'm going to address it really quick. I was going to let you finish. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, much like the Patriots, I forgot they even had Harris, so... Uh, Maybe he will work his way into the rotation. Um, but the Patriots are going to use probably five or six running backs by the end of the year. So anything's anything's possible. They they're anytime you you think you have it dialed in, they're they're looking to hose you. Yeah, I think it's the fact that you forgot about Harris. Exactly, he's going to be the leader for fantasy points for the Patriots yeah. this year. Just, just, just. What you was watch that up. guy that came out? And so, had so Mark, where that he had is, four. Yeah, that is just my ranking on Ingram. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I don't know if I even address it, but I'll address it now. I just think Dobbins is going to be more of a factor than some other people do, uh, and Lamar. Uh, now I'm just like talking around in circles. <laughs> Says you need your quarterback five well, because he can't yeah, possibly have as good a rushing season. Yeah. And uh, the gut, well, I, I think with with Baltimore so. though, you've got Gus Gus Edwards who's yeah. shown that he can play a, play a pretty dominant role. I feel like it's going to be a little more of a distribution of touches there now because they have guys that they like that that are still there, and they added Dobbins to it, and so they're going to spread. I think I just feel like they're going to spread the ball around a little more. Don't get me I wrong. Seen, I, I, I love Ingram. We haven't Ingram. seen the top 30. Matt might just be a Justice Hill truther. No, I don't have Justice Hill out there either. Ingram is my highest rated Raven. And the other thing, what I was going to say is I don't think Lamar is going to rush like he did last year. I, I said that on the quarterback episode. But I do think they've loaded him up with so many receiving weapons as well. I think that they are planning on him, try, trying to get him to pass more. I do think that they want to take the run away from him some. So if they continue to pass the ball and something I think me and Dennis talked about earlier, like or Matt, you were probably here too, when, when Davis got drafted by the Ravens, a lot of talk of, and at least in my opinion, if they get up in games, I would not be surprised if they pull Ingram, they pull Lamar like they did in games last season, which means Dobbins is going to be the one in there, not Ingram. I just, I think they know that their Super Bowl window is now, and they're going to do what they can to protect their, Lamar is not old, but Ingram, an older asset to save him for the playoffs. So I don't think he's going to have a bad season. I just don't expect them to lean on him as much as they did early as early as they did in that last year, because I mean, he was, I think a top six back really early on in the season. Then he got hurt and then really started to drop down the rankings. So uh, I just, I'm not as sold on him getting the full workload like he did last year. So for me, 28 and 29, uh, Swift and Sony Michelle, I mentioned earlier, I'm much higher on Sony Michelle than you guys are. Said so I, I think Cam coming in there and helping it is going to help him get some more touchdowns and everything. I, if he stays healthy, I still think he's a really good runner. I, from what we saw out of him at Georgia, I just I can't pretend like his skill didn't go away. It's been the injury that's hurt him. If he can stay healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if they just try to run the wheels off of him. And then I, I actually think he might be close to being in his contract year. So just letting him go. And, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they run the wheels off him and Swift. Uh, you know, we all actually have Swift right here. So I'll give my quick thoughts. Uh, I still think he's almost like the Cam Akers situation. It's like a 60-40 split. 
We know Bevel likes to run the ball a lot, but Stafford does like to chuck the ball a lot as well. And I think the Lions are going to be behind more often than ahead, which means they're likely going to pass more than they run in the end. Uh, so that's why I have Swift down as low as I do. What about you guys? We'll let uh, 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 Dennis go. I think I keep going to Matt next. So, Dennis, give us a – you both have Kareem Hunt and Swift here at 28-29. Great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I the Lions are – I don't think carry on Johnson's going to go away. Uh, you know, he's another one. Of the, he's there. Will he stay healthy? Uh, it is probably the big uh, question when it comes to carry on Johnson. But here's a scenario I see playing out in Detroit. You have uh, DeAndre Swift getting, you know, 55, 40, 50, 55% of the touches. Carry on Johnson getting. 40, 45% of the touches, uh, and Bo Scarborough getting 10% of the touches, uh, and 90% of Bo Scarborough's touches are inside the five, and he gets 12 touchdowns. And that just it, – it's it's one of those vulture scenarios that is setting up – So what you're up. saying is you're the Bo Scarborough homer, and we should expect to see a surprise as we go further up. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I, I just – it's I look at that, and I, I feel like – Carrion and Swift are going to have to score their touches from outside the or score their touchdowns from outside the 10. Because when you got Bo Scarborough at six foot one, 240 pounds, when they get down, Matt Patricia is going to go, it's what we used to do in New England. So I'm going to put this big guy in and hammer it. Actually, New England used to put like Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead in it. The, well, they did it with LeGarrette Le- 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 Blunt. Too. So they'll, they'll, I, I like Swift a lot. I think he's uh, – it comes down to who's going to stay the healthiest of Swift and Johnson. Whichever one stays the healthiest is going to get the majority of the touches, but the other one isn't going to to go away. You know, Swift doesn't have the injury history Johnson does. And and, and so it, it, it's really – as much as I like Swift, uh, I feel like the split is going to be pretty close. And then you got Matt Stafford – with the weapons he has, and he's just going to be chucking the ball. Um, Kareem Hunt, I, you know, I struggle a little bit with Hunt because we've seen him be really, really good, but he doesn't run the ball near near as good as Nick Chubb. As good as as good a running back and well rounded as Kareem Hunt is, Nick Chubb is a full grown man, and while Nick Chubb isn't gonna, he he's only going to get token targets. Uh, it doesn't take much for Nick Chubb to take it 75 yards. Yeah, I think for me, Hunt is probably the hardest one to uh, rank because by talent, you know, he could, we've seen him before be a top 10 back, but Chubb is a great runner. The fact that they went out and got Andy Janovich at fullback makes me think that they're going to do more power eye sets. I think we saw a lot of interesting fantasy usage last year when Hunt and Chubb were on the field at the same time taking turns blocking for each other, which doesn't seem like what Kevin Stefanski wants to do this year. Uh, and I, you know, I think Cleveland could have a better passing game and they have a lot of passing weapons too. And Chubb is very talented. So it almost feels like I'm discounting Hunt to drop him so low, but also it's it's hard to move him up higher, not knowing what his share is going to be with Swift. I like uh, the idea they were talking about him being kind of more of a passing weapon, which carry on has not been. 
if you think about, uh, you know, in the Stafford tenure, we had a guy like Theo Riddick, who was a top 20 uh, PPR running back, simply because he was a pass catcher they liked who could stay out there in kind of a free moving offense and then would get the rushing carries because he was out there. I think Swift has more of a chance of playing that role than carry on. I like his potential in, in that offense. You know, and going back to Sony Michelle's contract, so he's going into his third year. The okay. team hasn't I, I don't they have to pick up his fifth year option before next year? Or did they yeah, have to before before no did yeah, drafted for, next year? Yeah, he was the end of the first right. round. He was the last. He was the last. That's right. Thirty-first yeah. pick. Yeah, they would have to pick it up before next season starts. Yes. So he only, he has uh, one point eight million dead cap um, after the twenty twenty season. So if they're going to run the wheels off, you know, I don't know that they. If if Harris shows that he's ready this season, I could see uh, Michelle being done with the Patriots after this season. They don't have to pick up his his uh, fifth year. Now, I guess one point eight. I don't know if that's uh, without doing more research. I, I don't know if that's high or low for a running back. That's, but that's uh, but you also got to think, as we talked about last it's high uh, for a rookie running back on a rookie contract. Yeah. But I mean, like altogether, like that that cap hit's not big. But I do think it affects a team like New England, as we talked about on Monday's episode when they when they signed Cam Newton. They are hurting for money at the moment, so I would think every every dollar uh, hurts. So I'll let Dennis you go first here. Twenty six through twenty seven, twenty six and twenty seven. You've got uh, Singletary and Mostert. I I struggle a little bit with the the Bills running backs. I'm not sold on Zach Moss. Um, I probably, if I'm not, if I'm not sold on Zach Moss, I, given where I have Singletary ranked, I either need to have Moss higher because right now I have him at around 50, um, or I need to move Singletary up higher to accommodate where I currently have, have Moss. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to, to dig into that a little deeper. Uh, I, you know, I like Singletary, but I do think he's going to split some time. And one of the guys he's going to split time with is Josh Allen. You know, Allen had what nine rushing touchdowns last year. Yep. So it's, I don't think that much of that is going to change when you have a quarterback that only completes 52 or 53% of his passes. Uh, he's, he's got some good weapons in, in Stefan Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley, uh, Dawson Knox. So, they may pass a little bit more, which will take some uh, rushes away, but Allen is still going to get a, a, a good portion of rushing. He's still going to be one of the probably – he'll probably be top five in quarterback rushing yards. To be fair, Josh Allen completed 58.8% of his passes last year. He did <laughs> attempt to, to take a step forward. But he ran for eight touchdowns and 631 yards as a rookie and nine touchdowns and 510 yards last year. So I think that's that's the real uh, problem, as Dennis noted. He's their preferred goal line back. Um, and then having a guy like Moss, who's also going to be a goal line back, I think that's the bummer thing for Singletary. I'm a little higher, but not a ton higher. Um, mine, I you know, I have James White, uh, which he'll probably you know outperform that 27th place finish as he has every year for the last two or three years. And then uh, 
the running back who shall not be named. You're pretty high on him. Uh, so, Dennis. Look, I if I was uh, ranking you, with my heart, he would be nowhere on the sheet. But if we're ranking honestly, it's doing everyone a disservice not to have him somewhere in there. <laughs> so to answer Mark's question about uh, uh, Raheem Mostert, I, I for me it comes down to I haven't seen it consistently with Mostert. I haven't seen it consistently with Coleman. Uh I mean, we, we've seen it with Jeff Wilson, you know, so you've, and, and they've got Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think I said uh, last week on the show, if they gave him 240 carries, Kyle Juszczyk could ro- probably rush for 1,200 or 1,400 yards. So it, it's, it's as much a, a nod to I'm not 100%. I, I think Mostert's going to start as the lead back. And the expectation is that he'll continue in that role. But I think Jimmy G needs to take a little bit of a, a step in the passing game, and they've they've been trying to get him some more weapons there. Overall, uh, I I I wouldn't uh, it wouldn't surprise me if I'm too low on uh, Mostert and Coleman. But I'm I'm sitting here, you know, over these last I don't know twenty players or so. Uh, thinking I probably should have everybody as a, as a top 12 back. Yeah, these last ones were, were hard for me. Like even having, So I've got Melvin Gordon at 26 and Bell at 27. It was hard for me to put Bell down this low, but I, just, I, I, I kept looking at it. I just can't justify moving him up. For Gordon, um, I have Lindsey very close to him as well. Uh, Matt and I, I think, are both kind of on the same agreement that I think it's going to be more split than others do. I know that they paid Melvin Gordon, but I don't see that being in – 80-20 or even 7-30, I think it's going to be more of a 50-50 split. Lindsey is a lot better receiver than he's given credit for. I know Melvin Gordon's caught a ton of passes. He's definitely improved that part of his game coming into the NFL. So I think he'll get his own work as well. But I think Lindsey already knows the offense. Well, I guess they technically have a new offensive coordinator there, don't they, Matt? Yes, uh, Pat Shermer is in there, but, um, you know, if you saw, if you go to my Twitter feed today, you saw QB1 throwing passes to RB1 today uh, out there, Lindsay and Locke, in lockstep. You don't see uh, Voldemort out there. Yeah. But uh, so I think it's going to be more of a 50-50 split, and I just I, I believe in Lindsay. I've, I've believed in him since he came uh, since he came out into the draft. So I've got him just a little bit higher. Bell, I just think he's getting older. I don't believe in that Jets offense. I, I'm, I'm just – I wanted to move him up higher because he's still like – probably one of the best overall backs that I've ever seen play. Just what he can do in the receiving game runner. He was very elusive with Pittsburgh. Uh, I just don't see the Jets having that good of an offensive line, and I just don't trust Adam Gase. So I had to drop him down here, which is unfortunate because, as I mentioned, he, he's been a stud for a very long time. So next up, as you guys can see, I got Philip Lindsay and then Devin Singletary. Like I said, Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, they're they're very close to me. I imagine it's going to be a 50-50 split. I'm just I'm going with my guy Lindsay, uh, mostly also because you can get him so much cheaper than Melvin Gordon in drafts as well. And I think that at the end of the day, even if Melvin Gordon does outscore Lindsay, I don't think it's going to be by much. So I'm keeping Lindsay there uh, in my 2020 rankings. Singletary. I don't necessarily disagree what Dennis was saying. Obviously, we're not that separated, just a couple spots on Singletary. I'm not as worried about Zach Moss. I, I know there's some people that believe he's, you know, the next coming of the Jim truth. Brown, it seems, when they talk about him on Twitter. 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't believe Zach Moss is that good. I think Allen is more the one who's going to vulture touchdowns from Singletary. But we saw it so much from Singletary last year before he got hurt, how elusive he is, how easy it is for him to make defenders miss. He had a lot of big plays. I, I think that he's going to be able to score some long touchdowns. So even if they do get down into the red zone and Allen, you know, vultures four or five from him, still have him as a, as a RB twos. I think the yards he can get, and I think he's a better receiver than Zach Moss as well. And I, I don't know if Allen will dump off a lot to him, but I still think he can get some work in that area. So Singletary, I wish I could move him higher, but Allen and, and a little bit of Moss have him down here for me. Matt, you've got Philip Lindsay and Devin Singletary as well as your 24 and 25, but flipped. Uh, so tell us about your two guys or your thoughts yeah. on them, I guess. I mean, same kind of thing as what we talked about already with uh, Singletary. I, you know, I like him. I like the talent, um, but they obviously are going to share, and they're still sharing with their quarterback. And then Lindsey and Gordon, I have them pretty close, uh, kind of like you do. I have them, you know, I think we have them a little bit further back than uh, Dennis, if I recall, had them both pretty close too, but a, a little higher up. Um, I, I think they'll have a, a pretty robust passing game. Um, so, you know, fr fringe RB2 is what I've been going if they split the that carries. All right, Dennis, you've got uh, Mark Ingram at 24 and uh, Montgomery at 25. Tell us about you, those two guys. You know, with Ingram, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier uh, that I just feel like they're going to spread the touches around an awful lot with, with, with those backs. Lamar's still going to get some, and I think Lamar is going to um, pass the ball more this season. So, you know, they were, what, I think he had 440 attempts, the Ravens, last year, something really low. Um, I, I think that goes up a little bit, and, and that cuts into the, to, to the rushing attempts. David Montgomery, I, he's probably the one guy on this, in this area. As a Montgomery truther, I kept looking for how to move him up higher. I looked and I looked and I looked. You know, what he's got going for him is they didn't add anything. It's him and Cohen. Cohen. That's that That's that rushing game. Uh, but it's also Trubisky and, and Nick Foles at quarterback. And so I'm not super high on uh, offensive efficiency there in Chicago. I know Kyle Long is retired uh, and, and he's battled through injuries the past – few seasons and and maybe uh wasn't quite up to what he had been previous previously but I, I like Montgomery I want him to do well I think he's displayed some good receiving chops but it, it's gonna be it's a situation where I, I just think they're gonna suffer he's gonna suffer with volume and efficiency All right, so let's check out 23 and 22 for all of us. I'll let you go first, Dennis. You got Philip Lindsay and Jonathan Taylor. So why do you have oh, – man, that's not far off on, on us with Lindsay, but Jonathan Taylor – oh, both of you have Jonathan Taylor. Man, my rank of Jonathan Taylor is going to surprise some people. Go ahead, Dennis. Well, like I said earlier, uh, Marlon Mack isn't just going to go away, and neither is Naheem Hines. And I like Taylor. I think Taylor is – the more talented of those backs. Um, he's he's going to need to, he's going to be splitting some time. 
he's got a great offense, but he's got a veteran quarterback that's going to check them in and out of plays, and, and it could affect uh, – there's going to be a, an effect as to – what play is called versus what play is ran when Philip Rivers goes out there. I think there's they're still, you know, Philip Rivers is a gunslinger and, and he may not, he, he may be back, he may be down to a pop gun now, but he still loves to fire that son of a gun off. And uh, so, and when you've got weapons now like T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, uh, you know, he's he's got a, a good set of uh, receivers now. So I, I like Taylor. I think Taylor is going to lead the Colts in, in rushing, but uh, you know I'm j- I'm just not sold yet with uh, these rookies. Uh, you know, as I look at my Clyde Edwards-Alaire ranking, I probably I'm not quite as comfortable with that as I was when I ranked it. Yeah, I've got it pretty high too. Uh, Matt, you've got Jonathan Taylor there at 22 and then Mark Ingram at 23. Your thoughts on Taylor, and then uh, why are you higher on well? Again, I say higher than Mark Ingram. Dennis is right there with you. So just your thoughts really quick on Mark Ingram. I mean, Mark Ingram was RB8 in standard, 11 in PPR last year. So having him down at 23 does, you know, signify quite a quite a slide back from where he was. I just think they are a big running team, and he's going to be the guy that – that gets the lion's share of carries out of that group, even if you are sharing, even if Lamar is running, um, you know, we've seen room for success. So having him as a low-end RB2 um, makes makes some sense to me. Same thing with Taylor. I agree with Dennis. I don't think Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack are going away. We've seen, too, that Rivers is the kind of quarterback that likes to pass to running backs. We don't know how much of that role is going to, you know, that Taylor's going to be taking. Uh, I like him. He's my highest ranked, I believe, rookie running back in here. So, um, you know, I I think he's going to have a good season, but I'm probably more cautious than either of you about the rookies in general. Just I think it's going to be a tough adjustment, which is heartbreaking because we really like this class, and I think they're going to be great long term. But this is just not a fair – launch into the NFL. Yeah, uh, I can understand that. I think for me, the reason like you'll see my rookie wide receiver rankings are not going to be nearly as high. The reason I'm not as worried about the rookie running backs, I just feel like it's, it's an easier transition. It's not as you don't have to learn as much. I think going from the running back position in college to the running backs position in the NFL, I, I feel like it's not as hard a transition. And I think that's why running backs produce so much quicker when they come to the NFL compared to wide receivers tied in. So uh, I've got both Taylor and uh, CEH a, a lot higher. I, I'll be honest, a lot higher than, than uh, at least you guys have Taylor. Uh, so I've got Hunt here at 23. Uh, I do agree with you guys on the, the the thought about him not being as good of a runner as Nick Chubb. I agree with uh, something you said, Matt. We talked about it beforehand. I thought it was a great move for them bringing in Janovich. I think uh, the fact that they had Chubb and Hunt blocking for each other last year was was just stupid. Like, uh, neither one of them, that's not their job, and I think it, it just kind of went badly. Having a guy like Janovich, who is a great uh, – obviously, being the Philip Lindsay fan that I am, I watched a lot of Broncos games last year. They always play in the afternoon. I pay so much attention to the Browns games and earlier – uh, Janovich, I think, is going to be a great addition to that thing. I think that's what's going to keep Hunt off the field at times. I understand they're talking about putting him in the slot and all that other nonsense. 
I just don't think it happens. I think he's mostly going to be used kind of like Alexander Madison was for Minnesota, and he's going to come in and spell Chubb when Chubb gets tired or when they want to pull Chubb out for different packages, and I just don't think that's going to be as much as other people do. I understand Hunt's a former 1,000-yard back. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. Chubb's the better runner. He's not as good as a receiver, but he's just the better runner. And I think they're going to leave Chubb out there and having a guy like Janovich who's going to help block and get him just that couple more extra yards or maybe plug up that one other defender and allow that hole to open up to have Chubb hit. We've seen it since his rookie year and last year when Chubb hits a hole and he can start getting by defenders, he's a lot faster than people think. So I'm just not sold that Hunt's going to be on the field and as productive as others, but still have him as an RB2, mostly because I said he was going to be an RB2 on the Browns podcast, and I can't backtrack off that. So I, I didn't want to move him any higher, so I left him there at 23. Chris Carson, the only reason I have him down here, a lot of fumble issues last year, and I'm still a little worried about the injury. I know they're saying he should be fine coming into the season, but a broken hip's a broken hip. Like, that's – I cannot ever – I mean, again, mostly you hear about that happening to older people. And they talk about how hard it is to recover. Chris Carson's still a young man. Still, I can't imagine it's going to be an easy thing to, to recover from. I think that's why they brought in Hyde as well to just kind of help out Carson. Wouldn't be surprised. I know we talked about in the Seattle Seahawks episode if maybe it takes – three or four weeks for Carson to kind of get going and hides the guy. And that's going to take away from some of Carson's production. So that's why I dropped him down here to 22. So let's finish out with our last two guys. We're going to talk about on this episode. I've got Mostert and David Johnson. We all have David Johnson at 21. So that is interesting. So let's start with him first. Let's just get this out of the way. Uh, I think David Johnson's going to be good this year. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be quite as good a rusher because I just don't trust that offensive line at all from from Houston. But I think Watson will check down to him a little bit. There's obviously the rumors about A.B., which we can kind of discuss here at the end of the episode. I think Watson will definitely check down to Johnson, and we saw that in Arizona. Johnson, when he was able to get the ball receiving-wise, he was able to do a lot with it. I think he can bounce back. If he can stay healthy, RB2 season for him I don't think is out of the range of possibilities, so I've got him here at 21. Matt, what are your thoughts on Johnson? Yeah, something similar. I mean – they obviously didn't trade DeAndre Hopkins for him not to use him. Um, and we saw, you know, Carlos Hyde had a thousand yard season there last year uh, with not a great offensive line. I think we, we think David Johnson's a little better than him. He has the passing work. Um, you know, it's modest expectation, but they invested in him. Obviously, he's got to be a big part of what they are hoping to do. Yeah. I- I go back and forth between um, David Johnson's washed and David Johnson comeback player of the year. It, it's uh, just w- one of those situations where if you look at last season, his first six games when he was healthy, he looked good. Yeah. And, and he was trending at that point at, I think, RB5 or RB6. And then he got injured and it just all kind of fell to hell for him. Uh, he never really got back from that injury. He looked sluggish when he did get back. You know, if he's coming into the season and he's healthy, I, I do think there's a legitimate question as to whether or not he can stay healthy. Um, it, it, if he does, though, that even without DeAndre Hopkins, you know, they've got serviceable wide receivers, uh, and they've got one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, so – it comes down to that offensive line and whether or not DJ stays healthy. 
Agreed. Uh, so you guys both have James Conner at well, 20. Question. So Dennis, uh, so why, it seems, uh, why it's, Yeah. It seems weird to start next week's show and do 19 to 1. Shouldn't we stop at 21? No, I want to do 20. I okay. like it better that way. Well, you know what? No, well, no I don't want to end on an odd you. number. I'm years. the captain now. Yeah. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain. <laughs> we already showed 20. So yeah. Yeah, I already showed you know, okay, fine. You know what we'll do? We'll, it's a tease. We'll talk about the. It doesn't matter to me. We can talk about it. We cannot talk about it. It's up to you guys. Let's talk about David and Joku's trade to, request. Yeah, I just want to know who we Raheem Mostert. I thought it, we did. We're we're not even we're not even at an hour yet with all of my technical difficulties at the beginning of this episode. So uh, it's up to you guys. We can. Uh, I'll tease it. We can. We can save it for next week. So I've got Remon at twenty. Remon, Remon, my goodness. I got Remon Davis on the brand. I love the guy. Raheem Mostert for the 49ers at 20. Matt and Dennis both have James Conner. We'll kick off next week's episode with that. So let's finish out with some of the news. I do want to touch on something, Matt, you mentioned earlier. Um, we Obviously, if we would have done the podcast yesterday, we would have talked about it because uh, it was kind of big news earlier in the week. NFL has already come out and said they're canceling two preseason games. Uh, I don't know if you – said it or not did you say that you think they will cancel all the preseason games because yeah, i the do NFL, i don't think the nfl players association voted uh, today to recommend zero preseason games so the nfl yeah. said they will take it under advisement but you have to think i don't think we're gonna see any preseason games i think we might see like one but i, I think it, the first game we will see will be week one of the nfl i think they're gonna do everything they can to kind of keep as much contained and all that other stuff moving into the season and we'll see that first game against what Houston and can't which that should be a game September 10th, Houston and Kansas City. So when when I owned my restaurant um it was well known that if you said something to me and I said uh, I'll take it under advisement that what that really meant was go fuck yourself. Uh, that's well known about yeah, the NFL as well. That's what the, the only moment yeah. of pause. So, you know, we could have a prop bet. Which do we see first, a preseason game or a new name for the Washington professional football team? Oh, man, that, that took a quick turn. I'm not going to lie. I was going to bring that up. I mean, because we've heard him say this before. Dan, I, I want to say I was talking to somebody about it on Facebook. Like, Daniel you know Snyder, a couple here, years Here's what we heard. FedEx yeah. went, see this check? Fix it or we're not sending yeah, it. Yeah, Nike <laughs> dropped all their merch out of the shop, which means, yeah. like, you know, if you wanted to buy a Haskins jersey or a Chase Young jersey, you're sort of SOL. Right so is does that mean Nike's going to stop having their shoes made by 12-year-olds that work for $3 a month? Look, Dennis, no, we focus on your question. problems so that you forget about yeah, our exactly. problems. <laughs> no, I um, – I I would think Washington's name change is going to come very quickly. I would imagine it's going to be before any game is played because I just I think with with FedEx and Nike doing what they did, uh, I think the fact that they already saying that like it was what Dan Snyder comes out with a statement and then not even an hour later it's like the day may be changed before the 2020 season even starts. It's going to change before the 2020 season starts. So I think they want to have the new name in place. So I can figure out how they're going to do the jersey so all that stuff can kick off. I mean, in my opinion, if you're just looking at it from a capitalist side here, which I would think Dan Snyder wants to make as much money as possible, look at it, all the money you're going to make with the new jerseys, new T-shirts, new hats, all that other crap. Well, and- I mean, his, his argument in it's going to ruin the history of the Redskins franchise is just the dumbest shit I've people, ever heard. Uh, so. People think Nike – Cleveland Browns fans are like, fuck that shit. 
People think yeah. Nike pulled all that stuff maybe to send them a message, but what if they had just already been told, hey, we're going to change and they're starting production? It's very possible. I mean, yeah, they were it, really it quick to say, hey, we've been talking about this for a while, and the NFL's like, we've been talking about this for over a month. I wouldn't be surprised if they've been talking about it for over a month because you can't go give $250 million to all these causes and watch the protest marches around our country and not think, hey, uh, we're going to be a target. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you well, could. Some of those rich dudes are pretty self-unaware. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I heard a big uh, thing about it today on the radio about Jerry Jones, that he's one of the owners that has not said a single word about that stuff. And I, I, they were talking about they think a lot of that is because he doesn't necessarily agree with the things that are going on. So he knows just to keep his mouth shut, which is like the first that, time uh, in history. No, those are the people that watch the Dallas Cowboys season of all or nothing. Um, because let me tell yeah. you. All the goodwill that you felt during the season when he came out and knelt with his players, when they yeah. actually have the behind the scenes and you're listening to the callous discussion of that among the Cowboys coaches and ownership, yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised by that at all. No, Knowing just the very little I've heard about Jerry Jones, that doesn't surprise me at all. So. Uh, two more rumors we'll address before we get out of here. We'll do the AB one first because I feel like that's going to be quicker. Uh, there are rumors that he's going to Houston. Uh, if that happens, good fit, bad fit. What do you guys think? I think it. I don't think it's even a legit. Uh, I think it's complete that's bullshit. Train would, would you? Would you rather have the drama caused by uh, New Hopkins or the yeah. drama caused by Antonio Brown? I mean, if they got rid of New Hopkins because he was causing too much drama, don't tell me they're going to bring in Antonio Brown. That's that I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, they're going to do that at the same time that they trade uh, Watson for Newton straight up so that right. Watson can get out and get to New England. And Cap's going to be looking around like, wait, what happened to me? They, I mean, they already the shot only their reason shot with I'm David Johnson, saying, Brandon Cooks. I mean, uh, yeah, it seems too much. I, the only reason I will say it doesn't seem crazy is because Bill O'Brien, the GM, is a complete idiot. And so that's why I don't think they would be out of the realm of possibilities. I agree with you that it'd be stupid to trade Nuke Hopkins for Antonio Brown, especially with the way Nuke was. You know, he's one of the best receivers. I think up until he went to Arizona, you never heard anything from him. He goes to Arizona and he started talking about it. He wasn't even bad. It was just, I think I'm the best wide receiver in the league. Not a bad thing to say. Most of us agree with you. So the fact I just I don't think it's crazy. I do think maybe Bill O'Brien feels that his seat is getting hotter and hotter by the day, and he needs to do something to bring him. Maybe he doesn't believe Brandon Cooks is quite the wide receiver he thought he was when he made the trade. You bring in a guy like A B, yeah, you're gonna have to manage the drama and everything, but he's still if he can be what he was close to in Pittsburgh, you're bringing back some number one, you're giving Watson a viable target. He wants to win games. So I I don't think it's necessarily complete bullshit, but I I, I guess I would be I would say it's a 50-50 shot. I, I wouldn't throw it at I, – I, there's too many people talking about it for it not to be some kind of – when there's smoke, there's fire. There's got to be some truth behind the rumor. But, I mean, there's big rumors that he's going to Seattle too, where at least we've seen him run. Uh, that's because he was Russell working Wilson. out with, with Wilson, yeah. I think that would be right, equally so, as dumb. I think that Seattle is dumber than, than Houston, at least for fantasy. I mean, you got Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. Like, Brown doesn't fit in there, in my opinion, where if he goes to Houston, I think he's easily the one. I, I don't – I think he could beat up Brandon Cooks in a heartbeat. Uh, uh, Dave, he's kind of washed up. 
Yeah, you're underestimating Cooks a little bit. I mean, the guy had quite like a Robert stretch Woods. before they wrote him off in Los Angeles and wrote him out of their game plan last year. Yeah. Uh, David and Joku, right before we started recording, requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns. Not he also uh, that, wants to go to Houston. Yeah, not not that uh, surprising, really, with everything going on there. Uh, the rumor was that Dallas was the top uh, spot. Then a report literally just came out about what is this? Two minutes ago, Cowboys have no interest in David and Joku. So uh, I don't know what to believe. I that do means think they're very interested. interested. Yeah. Cowboys have I think no salary cap there. for David and Joku. I, uh, you know, tweeted out, I think it, that would be a great move for the Cowboys because it would make Amara Cooper's hands look elite with the way that David Njoku drops balls. So I do think it'd be a great move by them. But uh, I see you know, you've I think, begun the process of emotionally detaching yourself from Njoku and his time. No, I love Cleveland Njoku. Broncos. I don't want him to go. I, I will still root for him if he goes to, to Dallas. I have no problem with him wanting to leave. I, I thought, you know, I've made it very well known. I thought he looked really good earlier in the season. It's all kind of on Baker on why he got hurt. He threw that ball way too high, and Joker went up for it, fell down, broke his wrist. I mean, he got undercut. Uh, it is what it is. I have no ill will toward Joku. He goes to the Cowboys. I root for Zeke. I'll root for Zeke Lamb. Just don't root for Amari Cooper. That's all. But so uh, I think what, what he do you can think is, he goes somewhere. What do you think is a fair price for Njoku then? What's a team going to have to pay to get him? You know, I really wish they would have done that trade of a second-round pick in David and Joku for fucking Trent Williams. No, no, I take that back. No, I still take that. Actually, if they would have got Trent Williams, I love Jedrick Wills from everything I've heard from Joe Thomas, but could have gone a different route there at 10. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think we've seen enough out of Njoku to be able to ask that much back from him. I think maybe a second- or third-round pick. I mean, if they could get a decent linebacker. I mean, I like the linebacker core that they're building. But outside of Mac Wilson, who didn't even show that much last year, I don't love – you're going to be asking a lot from those young guys to step up big. Maybe if they could bring back a linebacker or – I mean, I don't really know. We don't need a running back, don't need offensive line at this point, backup quarterback, wide receiver. It's really just linebacker, in my opinion, is their biggest weakness. So I I, I really don't know. I, I think maybe a third-round pick is the best you can ask. I don't know if you could get a second or first for a joke I don't even think you can get a third. I mean, I think asking asking for a third is is going to get you counters, but I don't think anybody's going to give a third for him. They're going to be like, "Yeah, you liked him so much, you went out and signed a high price free agent." Yeah. So it's like, I think that the move from the Browns is to keep him. I mean, he's super yeah. athletic, and maybe he puts it together. Uh, well, I don't know where where he goes. You know, Washington has a need at tight end. It's, but you probably have a better shot at getting a third, fourth, fifth round pick into the season for a contender that gets screwed at tight end. So I agree with you. I don't think the Browns want to move him, but I'm just like looking through all the stuff. Like Drew Rosenhaus has pretty much come out and said that he he's not going to play if he doesn't get a trade, and they want it done before training camp. So, so he I doesn't play. His contract yeah. doesn't toll. He has no leverage whatsoever. Yeah, he get he's, he misses out on an accrued year. He'll stay on that rookie deal another year. I mean, I that's that's a bluff. You're going to call ten times out of ten if you're an NFL team. Yeah, but I mean, the one thing uh, it is a different front office. So the one thing I will say is this did not go over well last year when Duke Johnson came in and requested a trade. Now, granted, it was John Dorsey, different front office, but the team did. And we saw what Baker did when he came out. You don't want to be here, then go kind of thing. So I, I don't think 
with all the other issues we have coming into this offseason, I honestly don't think the Browns want to come in with another distraction. And if Njoku wants out, that's a distraction. So I do think there's a better chance they move him than keep him, unless they can kind of get him to buy into what Stefanski wants to do. Because um, I'm sure he is bothered by the fact they bought who brought in Hooper. I, I still think they're going to use him. He, he re- traditionally uses two tight end sets. So I didn't think it was a bad move for Njoku, but if he doesn't want to be there – Whatever. I mean, I saw Washington, Dallas, Jets. I was trying to remember some of the other teams that brought up that would have interest, uh, but I couldn't get it to pull up on my phone. I think the Jets, I don't know why he'd want to go to the Jets. I mean, Griffin showed a lot. I still think Herndon's a good tight end, but regardless, it'll it'll be interesting. Not the highest volume pass offense, so good job, David. Maybe he wants to play running back. Houston could use a tight end. You know, they had the, you know, the Gary Barnage breakout from uh, Darren Fells, but you know, unproven Kahale Waring, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins. So, you know, they don't have. You know what? What about Arizona? Do they even have a tight end? I an athletic that tight end. Of yeah, they Dan don't Arnold. use a tight end a ton, but the type of tight end they would use would be uh, athletic and fast. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a. Uh, I, I hope he, I, I hope he takes the uh, iron sharpens iron approach, steps up to the challenge with the uh, um, Austin Hooper. I I called it a couple of weeks ago. I think uh, Njoku outscores Hooper, so I'm going to stick to that. I think about, if he goes to another team, he definitely outscores Hooper. What about New England, a team that doesn't really have? A clear picture tight end, but now has a quarterback that likes throwing the tight ends. The only reason I don't know if you'd go to there, he's just he's not a very good run blocker, and Bill's going to want you to be able to do that. I mean, that's the but one thing can, you say about Rob and they have a bunch of other guys. You rotate them into yeah, block. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe I don't think it's a bad fit. I I just pulled this up. I didn't even realize field. So Field Yates wrote an article apparently about how the Browns should have traded should trade him before this even brought up. And he brought up that one of the trades that would make sense that was discussed a 2021 second rounder and Njoku to the Jaguars for Ngakwe for a year. I would do that in a heartbeat. Have Ngakwe, you've got um, Garrett, and then why am I forgetting his name right now? Garrett's not disgruntled. Oh, no. Olivier Vernon. Ngakwe and and, uh, and Njoku. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you bring over Ngakwe That's for a year, you've you got swap, Garrett. Uh, you and swap then, your uh, disgruntled players, and they're happier, Olivier Vernon. Exactly. You get him for a year, I mean, I would, I'd be a terrifying. We thought this was going to be a terrifying defensive line last year, bringing over Richardson to pair with Garrett, and what's his name again, Dennis? Uh, Vernon, there we go. Okay, Olivier Vernon. Vernon. Uh, man, that would be, that'd be nasty for you. Browns aren't going to win the Super Bowl, but fuck, it'd be fun to watch for at least a year. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, we will, we'll, we'll call it there. That is all the news that we've got for that. We will be back on Monday with uh, Matt's beloved AFC West. We'll be talking about the Patriots. Oh, not Pat- my God, this has the been Chiefs? a horrible episode. So you the just Chiefs? need to start Friday over. <laughs> Kansas city chiefs, not the new England chiefs, the Kansas city chiefs and the Denver Broncos. On Monday, uh, we will have, um, I think, the top of the rest of the the rest of the room. Right. Back, so before before we go, uh, we wanted yes. to we we opened our contest for the redraft league about posting a review. Right. We want to welcome Earl of Dynasty. Uh, he posted a great review. We uh, we put it out 
uh, to him, and he officially joined the league this morning. So welcome uh, to the Redraft League. And I touched on it briefly at the beginning um, when you decided to ditch us uh, for your frozen image, and Dennis and I were left alone with our thoughts. We but had to wing if, it. Yeah, if you would like a shot at getting in, just uh, DM me on Twitter at Nighthawk7734 with your best guess about what true patriotic American Joey Chestnut will consume in terms of hot dogs tomorrow at noon Eastern. So you got to get it to me by 1130 a.m. Eastern because the competition begins noon Eastern on ESPN. All right, that will do us. I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but it will be in the podcast version. Uh, we are part of the Drive-In Podcast Network now. I completely messed it up. That was also probably because I just completely whiffed the beginning of the episode. So uh, we're glad to be a part of that. Check out all those. They've got a bunch of great podcasts, pop culture, movies, music. Uh, it's it's gonna we're great. We're thrilled to be a part of it. It's gonna be a great ride here. So check them out as well. They'll be retweeting all of our stuff. Uh, and that's for that. Everybody have a safe and happy Fourth of July and a good weekend. And we will see you guys again on Monday. Right on. If you need me, I'll be 